Good morning. Good to see everyone out this morning. I'll ask you, will stand with me as we sing Worthy. You are worthy because he is so worthy. Sometimes worship means different things to different people. Sometimes worship is in what we do. Sometimes it's in what we say and what we feel, how we're communing with God one-on-one. -on -one. So if you feel led to worship with your hands held high or with your head bowed low, just feel free to worship this morning. Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus.
while you're standing, let's, let's sing that chorus again. Jesus, Jesus, how I trust Him, how I proved Him o'er and o'er. Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus, oh, for grace to trust Him more. Thank you, and you may be seated. Isn't it great? The Lord proves His faithfulness and His love and His grace over and over and over again. And I'm so thankful we can sing about it. God puts that new song in our hearts. And that's why we're here today is to worship the Lord in spirit and in truth. And I'm glad that you're here today. And if you're visiting with us, I hope that you received a bulletin. Attached to our bulletin is a visitor's card. It looks like this. And uh, we'd be honored if you'd take a few moments and fill out the information there so that we can connect with you and, and get to know you better. And also, um, as always, um, there's a prayer section on the back of our visitor's card if you have any requests. We'd love to pray with you uh, about those requests. Even if it's unspoken, we know that God knows the need. And uh, we uh, would be honored to pray with you about that request. And also, just want to remind our men that uh, we will be meeting on Wednesday morning at 4.30. Any men that want to come and join our prayer group on uh, Wednesday morning, I know that's early, but we'll be gathering together at 4.30 to pray uh, for various needs and uh and, and even any request that this perhaps is turned in here today on these, uh, re these prayer request cards. So, men, I hope you'll join us. I love uh, being together with our men. And speaking of our men, we had a, a fish fry last night, and, man, it was wonderful. Uh, great time together. Dan Scott came and shared with us and uh, appreciated so much uh, those that came. It's just a great fellowship. Kevin's got it figured out. He knows how to catch them, and he knows how to fry them. And, uh, and we know how to eat them, praise God. And... Uh, so I'm uh, just grateful for that. Thank you, men, that came. And also, men, want to remind you about our, uh, our prayer group on Wednesday morning. Also, ladies, WMU will be meeting on, uh, on Tuesday night at 6.30. And so I just want to encourage our ladies to be a part of that. And then, of course, Wednesday night, uh, gathering together, uh, various groups, place for everybody. Hope you'll join us uh, on Wednesday. And um, also, uh, after the service this morning, uh, Doug's going to have a mission week and vacation Bible school informational meeting and so I hope you'll uh, stay for that if you're interested in helping with VBS and I hope that you are I love VBS one of the highlights of the year is vacation Bible school and and also our mission week as well and uh, Doug's gonna have information about that so I hope you'll stay and and uh, and get that information and then uh, Mother's Day uh, we're looking forward to that coming up uh, next Sunday uh, we'll be uh, having child dedication so Hope you'll come and, and, uh, and enjoy that. What a blessing. Looking forward to that time together. And then on the 15th, we're going to be honoring our graduates, class of 2022. Uh, we're so proud of our, our seniors, and uh, we'll be honoring you on, uh, on the uh, 22nd. And so uh, there's a sign-up sheet out in the vestibule. I ask that you would uh, please sign up and, and let us know that you'll be a part of that. Uh, these graduates will be receiving a gift uh, from our church family. And, and then... Uh, also, on, um, on the uh, 22nd, we're going to have our uh, fellowship on the grounds, our memorial fellowship <coughs> on the grounds, and uh, we'll be meeting outside. Perhaps it'll be a day like today, sun shining. Um, if it's warm, if it'll be warm, it'll be all right. We're going to be outside. There's a good shade tree. Uh, bring a, a chair and join us, and we won't have Sunday school that morning on the 22nd, but we'll be outside and, and uh, singing his praise out for our, the community, for the world to hear, and and uh, preaching the Word of God and just excited about being outside on the 22nd. So please, I encourage you to think of someone that you can invite. It could be a co-worker or a neighbor. It could be a family member, uh, whoever it might be. Encourage them to come and, and, uh, and join us on the 22nd. And uh, that will start at 10:15 outside. And we'll, have, uh, we'll grill out, uh, have, have uh, hamburgers and hot dogs. And, and, uh, and I, I encourage you to come. be a great time, great fellowship together, meeting outside on the, on the 22nd. So just want to remind you about that and then at the the evening service on the 22nd we'll be hosting the liberty high school baccalaureate service it'll be right here so uh, looking forward to that as well so a lot of things uh, coming up uh, those of you that ordered donuts our youth will be having those available for us tonight after the service they'll pick those up so uh, just want to remind you about that as well so come on back tonight uh, make sure you if you don't get your donuts tonight i'm going to take them home and i'm going to enjoy them uh, but uh, come on back tonight as well and uh, looking forward to that. But as we pray this morning, please continue to remember uh, Barry Chapel. Uh, Barry had uh, heart surgery, bypass surgery uh, this week and um, just on, on Friday. And, and so he's doing well, recovering well. And, and Lord willing, 
uh, tomorrow we'll be in a regular room and so uh, continue to remember Barry and, and Vicki grateful for the answered prayers and pray for continued recovery and also uh, Cindy Lawrence uh, she's uh, not been feeling well uh, this past week and so I ask that you remember her not with us today and, and then Miss Helen Talbert will be having surgery tomorrow morning so uh, please remember Helen I want to pray for her this morning and um, and I just invite those of you who would if you have a request on your heart this morning please come and join us around the altar if you would and uh, let's call on the Lord and ask for God's help and for God's blessing this morning let's pray together Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we come before you this morning, and God, we give you praise, Lord, for who you are. There's none like you, and Lord, I thank you that though you don't need us, and though you're self-sufficient and all-powerful, great and mighty and, and true and living, I thank you, Lord, that you made a way for us, God, that we don't deserve. Thank you for salvation by faith in Jesus. Thank you for what you did for us on the cross, demonstrating the greatest love of all, and Lord, we thank you that you arose from the tomb and that you're alive and victorious. And we serve a risen living Savior. And thank you, Lord, for the hope. And thank you, Lord, for the promise that we have in Christ. And we have an inheritance in glory uh, currently right now that's ours by faith in Jesus. And, and Lord, heaven is our home, not this world. And I thank you for that, Lord. And it's all about you. And then, Lord, we know that your word tells us that you will instruct us and show us the way that we should go. And we know that way by your word. And so, Lord, as we gather to worship today, as we sing praise, Lord, we also gather, Lord, to receive your instruction, to, ins to receive your word. And I pray that, God, as we receive it, we'll not just be hearers, but we'll be doers of it this morning. May we trust in the living God this morning. Have your way and will in each of our hearts and lives. I thank you for those that are visiting with us today. I pray that, God, you would especially bless them. Lord, I thank you for those that's joining us online right now, Lord, that can't be with us for whatever reason. I pray that you will bless and touch them as well. God, we ask for your help. We ask for your strength this morning. Because, Lord, if, you, if it's not your strength, we know that it won't last. We know, Lord, that, that it will fade away. But we pray for your strength today. God, that you will touch. And, God, that you will speak and open our hearts, God, that we'll say yes to you today. And we'll commit to you and receive the instruction, receive the word, God, that you have for us today. Lord, we're so proud of our graduates, Lord. We're coming up on a graduation. and. I just pray that you will guide them and help them. And Lord, I pray that, that you will watch over them and protect them. And, and Lord, I just ask that you would be with us, Lord, as we have our memorial fellowship on the grounds coming up in a couple of weeks. God, may we use that as an evangelistic outreach, Lord, to reach out to our friends and co-workers, Lord, and have those conversations and build relationships. Pray for them and reach out to them and bring them with us on the 22nd. We ask that you would use it for your glory. And Lord, I just pray that for today, that you will be lifted up. We just pray, Lord, for Barry, that you'll continue to touch him. I pray for Miss Helen, Lord, as she has her surgery tomorrow. We pray for the surgeons. And God, I just pray there'll be no surprises and everything would go smooth. And Lord, I thank you for your faithfulness. God, that we're encouraged right now that there's no step that we take. There's no heartbeat, Lord, that, that beats where you aren't faithful and where you aren't with us. And so help us, Lord, to look to you and be encouraged today and trust in you, afresh and anew. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, Amen. your scissors Tuesday night. If you'll stand with me for our offertory hymn, What a Friend We Have in Jesus.
this day. Lord, I pray that you'll bless this offering and let it be used to your service. Lord, I pray that you'll be with Mark as he brings your word. And I pray that you'll be with us as we prepare for our week. In Jesus' name I pray. amazing love, his amazing grace demands our life and our all. And he's worthy of that, isn't he? Praise God. Thank the Lord for who he is and for all that he's done. And I want to uh, preach this morning from uh, Luke chapter 24. So I ask if you would 
uh, turn there with me this morning. Uh, we're finishing up a, a series that we've been uh, going through in the Gospel of Luke. And uh, this morning, um, in, in Luke chapter 24, I want us uh, to look at the believers in Christ that are commissioned by Jesus. He gives us a commission that we'll find here because of the fact that Jesus came and he died and praise God he arose again and um, and as he arose he commissions his followers and that's you and I today he commissions us to go and to tell the good news and to make disciples of all nations and to share the good news about Jesus and so I pray that uh, as we're reminded about this I'm sure uh, I'm not preaching something uh, to probably all of us if not most of us this morning that uh, that we haven't heard before but don't tune me out because this is a commission by the risen Lord and Savior Jesus Christ the very one who came and died and shed his blood in our place to pay for our sins in full and to give us hope to give us victory and to give us a relationship with God Almighty by faith in Jesus and um, as, as we sang about earlier, he proves his love over and over and again. He is faithful, and I'm grateful for that personal relationship that we have with him. I'm grateful that God is faithful, and I'm grateful that God is able. And it's my prayer that we would share that with others. Let's not be silent about the Lord Jesus and the hope that we have in him. Let's share that. Perhaps maybe on the 22nd, you know, we'll, we'll reach out and invite those that we work alongside uh, with and those that we live alongside, those that we interact with in, in uh, community, and let's invite them to come on the 22nd. And, and I believe that's part of it, you know, sharing Jesus and sharing about His church and sharing about how God answers prayer and about how God is faithful and about how God is good. We need to have those conversations. I believe that's part of the commission that Jesus gives us is we're to go and tell, that we're to share and not be silent about it. You know, military personnel do not debate orders to report for duty uh, under to undertake a mission they don't debate those orders they receive them and and uh, and they they do what they're supposed to do they carry out their commission and that's what they signed up to do Christians also have a commission and of course I'm speaking of the great commission that was given to us by the Lord Jesus Christ himself and after the resurrection of and, and before the before ascending back to heaven Jesus gave his followers their marching orders, our marching orders, to take the good news of salvation to all the world. You know, that's what this world needs. Jesus is our greatest need. A lost and dying world doesn't realize that. They're in darkness. But those of us that are in light, we know it, and we need to share it. So let's be faithful to share and to, to tell others about Jesus and to be obedient uh, to the commission. Listen. Jesus was obedient to the Father's plan and will and went all the way to the cross for you and me. I'm grateful that he did. And so in response to what he did for us, he's worthy of our obedience and full surrender. And, and as we receive our marching orders, the Great Commission, uh, we need to carry out those, uh, those orders that, that he gave to us. So here's some key questions that I have as we begin this morning. Do you view your daily activities as a commission, a duty, or something else. You know, do we see how we live each and every day and who we interact with each and every day? Do we understand that that is a duty or a commission to share Christ and to be His witnesses? Also, how do these duties compare to the commission of carrying the gospel to others? You see, as, as, as we live for Christ, we've been saved by His amazing grace. We think about that this morning. As we live for the Lord Jesus, we ought to take what we, what we learn and, and receive inside the walls of this church and go outside the walls because as we're reminded that's been placed above uh, our, our doors as we exit that we are entering the mission field. You don't work where you work by chance. And we don't live where we live by, by happenstance. God has placed us right here on purpose. He saves us and then our ultimate duty is to share the good news about Jesus. That's what this lost and dying world needs. Imagine if the church of the Lord Jesus today would be the church. Think about how different our, our community would be. Think about how different our nation would be. How different would the world be if true believers of Christ would obey the Great Commission 
that Jesus gives us here. So I want to focus this morning on three truths that are involved in this passage as Jesus commissioned his followers, including you and me this morning, to proclaim the good news. And I want us to see, first of all, in verses 36 through 43, that Jesus assures. Jesus gives us assurance. He gave his disciples assurance. They were in fear. They were in hiding. And Jesus appears to them and gives them assurance. Imagine being in the room and hearing reports of Jesus' return from the dead. Imagine that. I'm sure they were uncertain. They were doubting and obviously had questions. Even as the momentum of his appearances were, were just continually stacking up, the idea that Jesus was alive was hard to accept because these disciples had witnessed Jesus being beaten and Jesus being crucified, nailed to a cross, and, and Jesus not even looking human. They, they witnessed that, and they witnessed Jesus' lifeless body being taken down from the cross, and, and, and they witnessed the, the spear that was pierced in his side and, and the thorns that was placed on his brow, and they witnessed the blood that, that flowed and they saw all of this and the fact that Jesus could be alive was just hard to accept last Sunday night we looked at the Emmaus disciples you know they were heading back home fully expecting to go back to their normal way of life and one of the things that they shared as Jesus came alongside them and what, can you imagine that Jesus himself the very one that they were talking about came alongside them and one of them said we had wished that he would have been the one. Oh, we had wished that he would have been the one. Jesus came alongside them, and Jesus spent time with them and shared the truth with them. And then their eyes were opened. When he took the bread and opened the bread, they, they realized then that this was the risen, living Christ. And there was Jesus standing in the midst of them. Imagine what that was like. And so um, as, as they were as they were excited and returned to Jerusalem and shared with the other Christians about the encounter that they had with the living Christ, all of a sudden Jesus is standing there in the midst of these disciples that we're looking at here in verse 36. So follow along as I begin, as Jesus is giving assurance here uh, in verse uh, 36. Luke chapter 24 and verse 36. Now as they said these things, Jesus himself stood in the midst of them. And said to them, Peace to you. But they were terrified and frightened, and supposed that they had seen a spirit. And he said to them, Why are you troubled? And why do doubts arise in your hearts? Behold my hands and my feet, that is, it is I myself. Handle me and see, for a spirit does not have flesh and bones, as you see I have. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. But while they, did, they still did not believe for joy and marveled, he said to them, Have you any food here? So they gave him a piece of broiled fish and some honeycomb, and he took it and ate it in their presence. Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus, we ask God that you would have freedom here this morning. Lord, I pray that you'd bind the evil one. God, have your way and will in each and every one of our hearts and lives. And may we respond today in a way that we wish that we would have responded a hundred years from now is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we know also from John's gospel, from John's account, that they were in a room. We know that the doors were locked and they feared the Jewish leaders when Jesus had appeared among them. So they're in hiding and they're in fear, locked the doors. It seems logical that they were afraid and thought that they had seen a ghost or, or a spirit. They needed to hear the words of Jesus. They needed to hear peace to you. Jesus' words changed their fear to faith. You know, that still works today, by the way. God's word will effectively deal with our fears, and it will always increase our faith. You know, the Bible says faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. If you want an increased faith, there's only one way to do it, and that's by the word of God. I'm grateful for, you know, for Christian authors and reading, you know, Christian books and novels and, and even commentaries. I'm, I'm grateful for all of that. But this right here is from God himself. This is the inspired, inerrant, infallible word that is all sufficient. All we need is right here. God has revealed everything that he wants us to know about himself. 
God has revealed everything he wants us to know about us, about sin, about life, about eternity, and about future events. It's all right here. Of course, uh, God doesn't reveal everything. This is not exhaustive. It's not exhaustive because the books couldn't contain it. But everything God wants us to know, we find right here in the Word of God. And what God has to say is sufficient. And any time that we hear from God and we read God's Word and we apply it by faith to our life, may not be the way of the world, but when we apply it and, and believe it, then our faith will be strengthened, will be encouraged. And that's what these disciples so needed. They needed the assurance that Jesus and only Jesus could give them. So it seemed, it seemed like that they had seen a ghost and they were in fear. That, that even added to their fear. But look with me in verses 38 through 40. And he said to them, Why are you troubled? Why do doubts arise in your hearts? Behold my hands and feet, that it is I myself. Handle me and see, for a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see I have. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. And so Jesus invited them to confirm once and for all that all the reports that they had been hearing about Jesus being alive after his, his death was true. That's the greatest assurance. He even allowed those who, were, who still doubted to behold his hands and his feet. And I'm sure the, the scars, the marks from the slaughter, if you will, the marks in his hands and in his, in his feet, and the scars from the cat of nine tails as they whipped and as they beat him, the, the, the scars from the, the crown of thorns and from the, the spear that was pierced in his side. I mean, it was all there. And Jesus came to assure them and, and asked them to come and see. Well, Jesus had indeed physically resurrected. And uh, notice this in verse, uh, verse 41. But while they still did not believe for joy and marveled, he said to them, Have you any food here? So they gave him a piece of broiled fish and some honeycomb, and he took it and ate in their presence. Jesus was indeed, he was, he was proving to them that he had physically resurrected. This was not some ghost or some apparition or, or some spirit. Uh, he, he had a physical body, and he proved further that he had physically resurrected because he ate food before them, proving that, that this was not some ghost. He was indeed physically resurrected. And so what the disciples beheld was the resurrected physical body of the Lord Jesus. He had defeated death hell in the grave because he accomplished what he came to do as our Lord and Savior. He died and praise God he arose on the third day and he's alive. He's still alive today by the way. Jesus assured them of the greatest most powerful truth in all the world and that assurance is still true today for you and me. Our Savior's victorious. He's alive. He has arisen, given us victory over sin and death and hell and the grave. That's too good to keep to ourselves. <laughs> that's good news. Matter of fact, that's the greatest news in all the world is the news that God loved us so much and Jesus came and died in our place, paid the price for our sin with His own blood and rescued us and redeemed us. Praise God. He's alive. We can know the Lord. We can be forgiven and have a home in heaven. And Jesus is assuring his disciples that he has risen indeed physically resurrected from the dead so the commission from our Lord and Savior begins with this assurance Jesus himself he could have sent an angel as 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 an angel had been sent many times we know throughout the Bible to serve God and to be God's messenger but God himself the Lord Jesus appeared to these disciples to assure them that everything all these reports they were hearing was true to assure them that he was alive. And folks, if that weren't true today, we'd have no reason to be here. Let's turn the lights off and let's just turn this into a glorified social club and, and, uh, and let's, just, let's just live our own life and do our own thing. But praise God, he's alive. <laughs> we have a reason to be here. And because of his great love and his grace, 
just like we sang about just a few moments ago. You know what that demands? My life and my all. Jesus gave his life. Why should we not be willing to do the same? And so Jesus assures them that he is alive, and we find assurance even today. But also, notice here that the Lord opens our hearts and minds to the truth. That's what he did for the disciples. Notice what Jesus shared with them in verses 44 uh, through 46. Then he spoke, or then he said to them, These are the words which I spoke to you while I was still with you, that all things must be fulfilled that were written in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms concerning me. And he opened their understanding that they might comprehend the scriptures. Then he said to them, Thus it is written, and thus it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day. So the words which I spoke to you, Jesus mentions. Jesus is saying, I've already shared this with you. Here's the words. Let me remind you what I have already shared with you. The words he spoke prior to his crucifixion. That's what he's talking about. Here he's been crucified and, and, uh, and he is alive and he's teaching them and he's reminding them about the words that he has spoken to them. He, he was crucified. He was he taught them about being rejected and suffering on the cross and then arising again on the third day. These are things that Jesus had already shared with them. But all the events that took place, they had blurred vision at best, and they just couldn't remember. You know what that's like? Maybe you're going through some trials, and you're going through some difficulties, and, 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 and just remembering the Word of God is, is an obstacle. You know, remembering verses like Romans 8, 28. We know that all things work together for good to them that are the called according to his purpose. All things, not some things, but sometimes things are so overwhelming that we just forget that. And, and maybe we even wonder if that applies because of the crisis that I might be in. Right? Does it, is it really true? Does, does all things really work together? Because what I'm going through right now, I don't understand it. it don't, I don't see any good in it. And so sometimes you think about what these disciples had feared and what they were going through. Jesus had, had spoke the words to them, but here he appears to them to remind him of what he had already spoken. Matter of fact, uh, Luke's gospel has at least three of those occasions. Luke 9 verses 21 and 22, Jesus taught them that he would be uh, rejected and suffer before rising on the third day. Also in, in, uh, in Luke 9 verses 44 through 45, Jesus taught them that he would be betrayed. And then also in Luke's uh, Gospel, chapter 18, verses 31 through 34, that he would be mocked, insulted, that he would be spit on, that he would be flogged, and then ultimately killed before rising on the third day. So Jesus had taught them things, taught them these things. And he reminded them that what was written in the Law of Moses and the Prophets, and even the Psalms concerning him. Jesus is teaching them the very Word of God. Jesus taught them that his cross and resurrection were a part of God's plan as revealed in the scripture. Notice verse 45. As he taught them, he opened their understanding that they might comprehend the scriptures. Jesus was making it clear. He was teaching them. I can't imagine what it must have been like hearing God himself teaching the word of God, teaching the Old Testament, the, the law and, and, and the prophets and even the Psalms and Jesus was making it clear that Jesus is the central subject of the Old Testament. Its conclusion, its fulfillment, they're all found in Him. Jesus is the in the New Testament is the fulfillment of the Old Testament. And so Jesus is teaching them. You know, we might be tempted to look at this and, uh, and, and, and we might say, how awesome would it be if Jesus Himself would physically come God himself and would teach us like Jesus taught his disciples who were in hiding and fearful right after his crucifixion. How awesome would it be if Jesus physically would come and visit us and teach us in the same way? Well, the same happens to believers today through the work of the Holy Spirit. I'm telling you, it's no different. The Holy Spirit speaks. We read the Word and the Holy Spirit guides. The Holy Spirit touches God is touching us the same way that Jesus was touching the hearts and opening the hearts of the disciples. How powerful is it when we open the Word of God 
and we read the Word of God and the Holy Spirit speaks and we respond by faith and say yes he opens our eyes the same way that he did the disciples if we could ever grasp this incredible truth listen the day that we got saved the day that we dealt with our sin we knew that we were lost and we trusted Christ as our Lord and Savior we believe Jesus died in our place and we placed our faith in him and believed that he arose again we asked the Lord to save us the day that we did that you know what happened God himself took up residence in our hearts the person of the Holy Spirit we may not have the person of the Lord Jesus in the flesh physically we know that Jesus ascended back to the Father and he sent a promise that the Comforter or the Holy Spirit would come and of course at Pentecost what Jesus promised came true the Holy Spirit came into the hearts of all the believers and here we are uh, on this side of Pentecost on this side of the resurrection and every believer that knows the Lord Jesus the Holy Spirit God himself is not only alongside of us but is within us every time that we have questions and we have fears and doubts open the Word of God the Holy Spirit will speak you know what I'm talking about I pray that you do I pray that that we'll experience that more and more so as we think about all that God has done not only through the Lord Jesus but through the Holy Spirit and through the Word of God we think about how incredible it is I'm sure if I were to ask you how many of you are thankful for what Jesus has done for you and what he's gonna do for you in the future I'm sure every one of us would raise our hands and it's my prayer that we would not only be appreciative and thankful for it but we'd stand in awe of it we'd never get over what Jesus did for us as we think about his amazing grace and his love my question is why is there such an indifference today in the church by professing Christians to God's Word we're just we just seem to be so indifferent today I believe with all my heart that a lot of people who claim to be Christians are indifferent to the Word of God maybe because they don't have God in their heart I mean if you don't have the Holy Spirit in your heart no wonder there's an indifference towards it but I'm telling you if you're saved this morning and you have the Holy Spirit of God in your heart then you're gonna have a hunger and an appreciation for the Word of God think about it how could someone who has the Holy Spirit in their hearts see God's Word as something that they have to do or that they're obligated to do like it's some job or just simply they just don't care about the Bible I mean, if the Holy Spirit is truly within our hearts, He's going to teach us. What I'm trying to say is what, what God did for these disciples that were needing to hear from God. He does the same thing for us when we open the Word of God. The Holy Spirit speaks and opens our eyes the same way that God opened the eyes of, of His disciples. As a believer, do you value not only the Word of God, but we understand that Jesus established the church. He died for the church. And guess what? He's coming again for the church. <laughs> that trumpet's going to sound. And, and I pray that we're the, the generation that goes by the rapture. When that trumpet sounds, we'll be here and then we'll be gone. If that trumpet were to sound before my glasses hit the floor, before, before that happens, I'm going to be in glory. And I'm going to have a glorified body fashioned like the Lord Jesus. I'm going to be with Jesus. And the Bible says we shall uh, forever be with the Lord, comfort one another with those words. Praise God. We think about all that he's done and all that he's going to do. He, he established that we ought to cherish the church. We ought to cherish the things that take place at the church. As a believer, think about this. Do we value what happens at the church house as much as we value what happens on a ball field or in the woods hunting or on a recreation somewhere at the lake or or, or you know, does our does our checkbooks reveal our love for Jesus like we love everything else in the world think about it this morning all that he's done for us we ought to value and cherish the Lord Jesus the things of God the Word of God and what takes place in the house of God there's nothing wrong with recreation nothing wrong with hobbies we need to do that we need to get away at times there's, there's no doubt about that but I'm telling you there's nothing that can compare to the Lord Jesus Christ nothing that can compare to the Word of God being used of God the Holy Spirit of God moving and working in our hearts and us responding by faith I just want to share with you this morning we have 
we have opportunities here to serve the Lord each and every week. Sometimes we focus on, on big events, and I, I love big events like Vacation Bible School and, and uh, you know, meeting outside on the 22nd and, uh, and having opportunities like that. But every time we gather, man, it, it's important. It ought to, we ought to cherish it. And if I got the Holy Spirit in my heart and I appreciate it for what Jesus did for me, then it demands my all, my full surrender to Him. We ought to look for opportunities to be a part of what God's doing. God used me. And right over here to my right, we have our Acts table. And Acts is an acronym for a church that serves. That's what God's people ought to do. Let's serve God. Let, let's, let's, be, let's commit. Lord, whatever. And just seek the Lord. God, where would you have me to serve? God, I just want to be faithful and obedient to you. After all you've done for me, let him be your reason. Serve God. Let's be a part of what God is doing. And I encourage you, check this table out. This table is going to be here for several weeks. As a church family, as your pastor this morning, I'm encouraging every one of us. Let's pray about where God would have us to serve. And there might be something on there. and You say, well, there's not a, there's not a ministry there that, that I feel like God's laying on my heart. Well, I'm glad you brought it up because there's a section where you can write in what God's laying on your heart. Let's start it. You know, we don't have to always do what we've done the way we've done it. We might can start something new. Imagine that. Can God do that? You better believe he can. And I encourage us this morning. Let's take seriously what Jesus has done for us. Jesus established the church and the, the gates of hell won't even prevail against it, Jesus said. He expects us to be on mission. Great commission. He, he, he commands us. We'll, we'll see that here in just a moment to be a part of his work, to share with others. Let's do that this morning. Would you consider where God would have you to serve? I just challenge us this morning. Also, you might say, Pastor Mark, I, you know, I, I respond when Jesus tells me. Well, here we go. Let's see what he tells us here in verses 47 through, uh, through 49. And lastly, I want us to see that Jesus sins. Now that Jesus had shown his disciples that he had suffered and rose from the dead for the salvation of all who will believe, he sent them to proclaim the message to others. What should be a topic of our conversation every week? It ought to be Jesus. We ought to be talking about Jesus. That's, that's what this lost and dying world needs. But a lot of times we, we, we're, we're silent or we're stuttering at best. But we ought, to, we ought to be talking about Jesus. He's the greatest. He's my Lord and Savior. He died. He paid it all for me. We ought to have those conversations. Notice here with me in, uh, in verses 47 uh, through 49. Uh, I threw my glasses down, so <laughs> let's make sure. Here we go. Um, to suffer and rise from the dead on the third day in verse 46. In verse 47, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. And you are witnesses of these things. Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. You know, the disciples, they couldn't stay behind closed doors. I mean, with what Jesus has done, the fact that he's alive and that he's the way, the truth, and the life, they couldn't stay secluded, my four and no more, behind closed doors they must go and tell others and and that's that's what that's what we find here in, in verse uh, in verse 47 repentance and remission of sins should be preached it should be heralded um, we shouldn't be silent about it share the good news in his name notice this to all nations but also Jerusalem what's he talking about there talking about where where, where we locally are Liberty is our Jerusalem. We need to share that. When the church goes out, remember the church is not the four walls of the building. The church is individual believers. You know, we all go to various places. We'll be at various places, Lord willing, tomorrow. If the trumpet doesn't sound, we'll go to school, we'll go to work, various places. We'll, we'll go out in the community, we'll go to the grocery store, we'll go to the post office, we'll go to the bank or, or, or wherever. And we ought to be having these conversations right here heralding, preaching the good news. The disciples couldn't stay behind closed doors and, and we can't 
let the only time that we focus on Jesus and his great love and talk about Jesus be when we're only behind the four walls of the church. We've got to go and we've got to tell others. Tell Jesus. Tell, tell them about Jesus as well. Notice what we're to proclaim in verse 47. Repentance. Remission of sins. That means the good news needs to be clear. Just as Jesus taught his disciples that Jesus died for our sins. And we must realize that we need to be forgiven. We need to believe that Jesus died. That means, once again, repentance is a, is a, uh, is a 180. It's a change of direction. We make up our minds because of the truth, what Jesus did for us. And we make up our minds, yes, I believe. And then that's followed with action, that I was heading in the wrong direction, but I turn to Christ and I change. It's a 180. I don't think like I used to think. I don't do what I used to do. And I don't watch what I used to watch. And I don't treat people the way I used to treat people. And all of a sudden, what used to be important to me, the things of the world, they're still important, but they're not as important as the things of Christ. Oh, Lord, you paid it all, and you died for me. And so here I am. I surrender all, and I give myself to you. And I'm telling you, he's absolutely worthy of every bit of that. He paid it. And the good news is a recognition of a change. The Bible talks about taking off the old and putting on the new. Absolutely, there's a change. The Bible says if any man be in Christ, he's a new person, a new creation. He's not renovated and, and uh, remodeled. No, he's, he's a new man. He's been brought from death to life, and he's alive. That's a radical change, and that's, that's what Jesus is commissioning his disciples to do, is to share that. I remember when I was going in the wrong direction, and I remember when I made it all about me. I remember when I was living for everything and everybody else. But oh, the day that I got saved, I realized all that matters is Jesus. There's only one worth living for, and that's Jesus. And we need, to, we need to share that good news, not be silent about it with others. Think about it, represented here this morning. We have, we have kids, and we have middle school, high school students. We have young adults, and we have adults, uh, middle-aged, senior adults, a, a vast variety of, of people represented here this morning that represent a, a, a lot of people that you interact with each and every... If we were to think about all from, from over here to the left to my right, and then including those watching online right now, if we think about all the people that each of us interact with every day, imagine, uh, we probably would be blown away at how many people are represented by each and every one of us. How many people, and I, and I challenge us, let's, let's just start with one. I think that the, the biblical model is each one reach one. You know, we, we not, we're not silent. We talk about Jesus and we pray. We build relationships with others. We share the good news. You know, we think about salvation as, as not about praying a prayer, signing a card, asking Jesus in your heart, wanting a best friend in Jesus, or just wanting to go to heaven. That's not what salvation's about. Salvation is about repentance, of turning from sin. It's true, I want a best friend named Jesus. It's true, I want to go to heaven, but that's not why you go to heaven. You go to heaven because you're lost and you realize that you're lost and you turn from your sin and you turn to Christ. And you said yes to Jesus. I believe that you died. The Bible says, whosoever calls on the Lord. What are we calling on? Salvation because of our sin. We're lost. And we turn to Christ and we trust in Jesus as our Lord and Savior. That's how you get to heaven. We've kind of dumbed it down today. We've kind of sugarcoated it and watered it down so that there's not really an offense to it. And we don't even deal with sin anymore. Ask Jesus in your heart. Jesus will be your best friend. Sign this card. Say this prayer. We'll have a baptism and we'll throw a t-shirt in. And we'll, we'll glorify you and talk about how proud we are of you. Where's the Savior at in all this? It's all about Him, folks. And so we're commissioned to share the good news our salvation story of when we trusted Christ that's the best story that we have the most powerful story now there's some things that's, that's common you know my salvation story and your salvation story is going to be the same from the standpoint that we believed and trusted in Christ we believe he arose again he's coming again that's going to be the same but oh our stories are different aren't they I mean I talk about my story I was a teenager and I was at a 
I was at an associational crusade at Easley High School football stadium when the Holy Spirit of God got a hold of my heart. Well, you may not have been at that crusade. You may have been in your grandmother's living room. Or you may have been uh, at vacation Bible school. Or you might have been on a student camp. We all have a different story. And nobody can tell your story like you can. Think of the potential. If we as believers would do what Jesus commissions us to do. Tell others. You know, think about Memorial Gardens right up here. Think about any graveyard. Lying in those graveyards is a lot of lost potential of where individuals perhaps could have done more for the Lord, could have shared their story. And I believe part of the wiping away of the tears that we find in Revelation, could it be that we saw the potential of what we could have been, but we didn't care enough to share the good news and to talk about Jesus? We feared what others would think or we feared failure. Listen, you can't fail. How can you fail when you share the good news of the facts of what you know to be true about Jesus? It, you can't save anybody. All, all we're to be is faithful. And then God does the work. But we have to be faithful, be willing to be used of God. Verse 48 states that as believers in Christ, we are witnesses of these things. Do you know Jesus? Is that not the greatest story that you have? How is it that we fail to talk about it and be motivated by it enough to share it and to be a part of God's work. So Jesus sends us to be his witnesses by his power to do his work of sharing the good news. I pray that we'll respond today. Are you a Christian? I'm going to ask every head bowed and every eye closed this morning. Are you a Christian? Don't say I think so because when the trumpet sounds or when you breathe your last you need more than just I think so. You need to know so. Do you know Jesus this morning? If not, trust him by believing that he died for you on the cross. He arose again on the third day. He's alive. There's no greater news this morning that could be shared. No greater love that could be shared. If you're unsure of your salvation, or if you know right now, God is speaking to your heart about trusting Jesus. Maybe the reason that we don't witness and we don't cherish God's word and, and do, do things that we ought to do for the Lord is because we really, God's dealing with us this morning that we've never been saved. We don't have a story to share. We'll change that this morning. Let today be the day of salvation. Repent, turn from your sin and your way and the ways of the world and turn to Jesus. And you'll be glad you did this morning. Trust him as your Lord and Savior. Who are you currently trying to witness to or reach out to with the greatest news of all? Are you being obedient to the great commission that we find here in Scripture? Let's all be obedient to what Jesus tells us to do. And let's pray this morning for the Lord, even to lay someone on our hearts. Perhaps we might invite them on the 22nd to our memorial fellowship on the grounds. Reach out to them. Heavenly Father, Lord, I don't know what it is that you desire to do in, in hearts this morning. But Lord, I believe with all my heart that there's a work that you want to do. And I pray, every one of us, God, we would open our hearts to you and say, God, what do you have for me this morning? And as you speak, I pray that we'll respond and say yes to you this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand together during this time of invitation? And I encourage you to come. Let God have his way this morning. Respond this morning to whatever the Holy Spirit of God is impressing upon your heart. The Holy Spirit's your best friend. He's not going to tell you a lie. Ask him what he wants you to do. Whatever he tells you is the truth. Whatever it is, let's respond by faith. Let's say yes to him this morning. Would you come? As Donna sings, I encourage you to come.
morning. Is he pleading? If he is, oh, respond to him right now. Come on home this morning. so much for being here this morning and I pray that we would respond. You might say, Pastor Mark, I've already responded to the Great Commission. I'm, I'm being used of God and I'm, I'm reaching out to co-workers and neighbors and, and friends and, and whoever. And that's great. Let's keep doing the work because what it's all said and done, that's, that's what really matters. Let's take people to heaven with us. You know, Let's not be silent. Let's be a part of His work. And again, I just want to remind you about our uh, Memorial Fellowship on the Grounds. I really pray uh, we get word out in the community and our community will join us and that we'll invite friends and um, that God will use that and that God will be honored and glorified. So I encourage us to be in, let's pray about that together as a church family. Ask God to use that. Also, uh, today's the first day that we uh, have our Acts table and we just simply want to hear from our church family. You know, there's no question that if God saves us, He gives us spiritual gifts and those gifts are given on purpose by His grace to be used as a part of His work. And I challenge us, let's be, in, let's be in prayer, and then let's respond, whatever it is God leads us to do. And would you share that with us? We want to hear from you. And then uh, in, 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 a, in a few weeks or so, we'll be uh, nominating our uh, nominating committee, and then they'll facilitate that. And uh, we'll be looking to a new church year coming up in September. And let's do great things. Let's pray for great things, and let's expect great things, being a part of God's work. I'm so grateful uh, for this opportunity this morning. And I encourage you to be back tonight. We'll be in Romans chapter 12. Uh, one of my uh, favorite portions of Scripture, Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, about real worship. So I encourage you to be back tonight for that. Our youth are going to be um, having our donuts available. And um, so uh, don't miss out on that as well. They'll be available after the service tonight. Uh, choir practice at 5. So I encourage you to come, be a part of the choir. And uh, hope you'll be back tonight. And uh, Donna, if you would, if you would close us and... Uh, Hope you have a great afternoon, everyone. God bless. Oh.